Hey, everybody. Oh, oh, Jesus, man, this is a nice mic today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Carside Chat. I am your host, Primo. And once again, we're going to have Joel Chappelle back on. Uh, Web Chapel, you got to get a good. Oh, man, I do that every damn time. It's French. I'm from the South. It is what it is. You know, it's funny because I'm from the South and you would think with the chapel that it would be more appropriate for me because I'm from the South, you know, like more, um, what is it? Bible belt, if you will. Yeah, there you go. But yeah. it's, I don't know. You're going to have to just deal with it. But anyway, um, it, Baptist in you. <laughs> I, you know what? I got an idea. It's, it's, it's N E S it's at N E A S web guy. And that's your, what is it now? That's, it, IG, so that's right. That's Twitter. And then, um, and then, I, IG is at web N E A S. So it's the New England So W E B N E A S. Yeah. Perfect. I got it. I think I get it this time. But yeah, you guys got to visit Joel Chapel over there. If you were in the New England area and you love car shows of any kind, there is nothing I don't think that you, there's, I don't think there is a show that you don't have already on your list, right? I, I think I have like over 650 that we're trying to keep track of. Wow. at least plus kind of thing that some of them are a little uh, uh, some of them are a little dated you know I have a master list that has like a um, that has that all 650 kind of thing but uh, um, then uh, it, it also um, the calendar is really kind of what what the, the big aspect of it so that like you, know, you go in for the day and it'll give you the next three days on on the on the website so here's my thing have you ever thought about going like global with this thing uh i have enough trouble um <laughs> keeping track with the 650 for, of uh, uh doing it by myself you know like i actually have on my faq page it actually says like you know who is uh, New England auto shows and it, and it literally goes photographer, Joel Chapel, writer, Joel Chapel, like, you know, basically, <laughs> like, you know, it does, like I do everything. There is nobody else for New England auto shows.com. Right. Um, so to, I do every once in a while, kind of like think about going like a, you know, like a little bit further out, maybe like expanding the New England area. Um, sometimes I do list a couple of the New York and uh, New Jersey areas um kind of thing but uh other, other than that it's it, like to go any any to go any further than that like pennsylvania would be kind of a stretch kind of thing and i have enough problems kind of even visiting like the the connecticut shows and and the, and the rhode island shows kind of thing so right um you know that's a goal is like one year i'm gonna finally hit each state for new england in one in one season yeah well hey have you thought about an app people so apps are great, and and I would love to someday graduate to the the, the application for for the website. Um, my issue is is like you got to hire a you got to hire a programmer and you got to hire a software guy that's going to maintain it for you. Um, yeah, right, and, right, and and software guys, uh, being a guy who used to work in IT, um, you know, I can be pretty dangerous, but but actually getting an like a a uh, um, a, a software guy to like maintain your application it is not cheap. It, it's, no. uh, you no. know, um, everybody kind of thinks it's really easy to do and you know, it, it just happens and you can spend like 15 to 20 grand to get an app started, but that doesn't 
it, you have to keep updating it. It has to be, you know, because there's always going to be security issues with it and all that kind of stuff. So uh, well, that's, and that's kind of what I'm running into right now. So we're starting to build a website. We're actually getting something that's um, executive automotive society.com. So we used to be aggressive design.net. Everybody was like that. We're big network thing, but that's the thing is, is it really was, it was never meant to be what it kind of became. It became its own thing. And it ended up being something where it's like, oh, you, you, you know, run shows out of this and stuff. And I'm like, no, um, that was never the intention. It was supposed to be media. It was supposed to be able to put people together. In other words, people like yourself and say, hey, you need car shows. You go over to, you know, New England, um, you go to Web and NES, and then you, um, then you, you need a upholstery, you need this, you need a guy that turn wrenches, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and then the thing is, is it, I guess in some sides of it, it kind of lost support. So it didn't work in some areas and then other areas it did really well. Uh, but yeah, the goal was always to have kind of this show mindset and kind of take it to the next level of doing what we're doing right now. Um, and that's the thing is at the time I was writing for um, HIN City and all that. But that turned into what it is today. So we said, you know, we should just go full uh, information and use oriented the way we're doing it. Um, I want to do this big Range Rover launch. It's happening, I think, on the 26th. So I want to do some kind of stream thing with that. They uh, but discovery. Discovery, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so we put this in and, and that's the thing is, is we get all the stuff and these new websites are all run basically on a WordPress thing. And all those WordPresses are all apps. So yeah it's a constant process of saying I have to update the website and then I have to update the apps associated with the website. And then, you know, then you get into, um, you know, SSL formats and stuff like that. So you're like, okay, I'm going to, yeah. So, I mean, that's the trick like new, uh, new England auto shows.com is actually based on uh, WordPress. Yeah. Um, which, um, you know, it's, to me, it was just like the, uh, uh means to an end and it, it was easy. And it also kind of like automatically formatted. So you could open up on a phone, um and still see what you needed to see kind of thing i i still prefer the web the web version of it personally <clears throat> but um but i know a lot of my followers they actually stay on the on, on phones and that kind of thing so yeah so we, you, you have to cater to that and that's why i chose web uh, or wordpress to do that so that, that was the crazy thing about it they were showing me the um so we took the website and then we started to shrink it and as we shrunk it it started to move and flex based on yeah. the size of it. So it's like if you were on a iPad, if you were on an iPhone, if you were on even your um, tablets and stuff like that, it didn't matter what it was, whatever it was, it was very dynamic and it was very exciting to see that. So I'm kind of really excited. It's just something, it was a project that was started in January um, and it went through two people. And then we finally got to somebody who I want to say is I, I'm, I hate to say it like this because the people were before professionals too, just a different kind of professional, but I got somebody that's really, I'm going to say very media savvy. You know, you get into these yeah. guys and the word professional jumps right to mind. Uh, and we got somebody on it and it's been probably about a two month process right now. And we're really, really close. I'm trying to figure out exactly how I can screw it up because that's kind of my, my vibe, but, um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get it. And once it gets going, it'll be, you know, up to speed and, and doing great. And then we can, you know, kind of drop off with some of the stuff that's kind of dead weight and get into this kind of blogging and all yeah. this other stuff that really, I think is where we kind of excel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, and that, you know that's the thing. I keep kind of going back and forth about doing like a total web redesign, like you know, in the off season kind of thing, and then, mm-hmm. and then the real job takes <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, you know, gets in the way kind of thing, and uh, that uh, in that aspect. But mm-hmm. someday it, it it'll happen, I think. But and and, so, and like I said, someday we'll get to that. Maybe we'll get to an app. Um, but you know, I gotta you know I gotta like increase the follow the followings and and uh, and 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 get. Uh, get the the readership to to stay with kind of thing to, in order to support that i think that's the thing is, is it's always going to be the same monster regardless it's always going to be and i hate to say it like this you never have enough followers you never do no right. and, and and that's absolutely true and it's and it's the same thing like you you already know this like 100 you know especially with with what with dealing with youtube dealing with instagram um, and, and, and that's the thing it's like, like it took me a long time to embrace Instagram. Like I was kind of like really only doing, uh, like Facebook and really like Twitter. I don't do as much as I probably should do, um, for like the, the promotion of the website kind of thing. So, um, and, and I got Instagram and then I just kind of forgot about it for like two years and, and really didn't do anything with it. And then this year it kind of. I started to really try to make a concerted effort of trying to like update Instagram. And, and I can't believe how much that has led to much more traffic on the website. I I didn't think it would, I didn't think it would, I didn't think it would make that big of a difference. I literally kind of thought, well, it's just a different audience. Mm -hmm. That's what I kind of pictured it as like, or it's an expanded audience um, kind of thing. But um, well, that's my, my thing was we, especially with the kind of stuff when it comes to luxury exotics and that kind of stuff. Um, and, and I'm thinking more and more with, uh, the, the muscle car scene, uh, which is kind of our, if you will, our bread and butter, um, that was so Instagram heavy. And I was kind of amazed that it was very adopted by a lot of people that, you know, a lot of guys will build these big cars and, and Instagram was the way that they kind of fed out. The thing that I'm hearing now, which I don't think I'll be a big fan of, I don't think I'll jump into it, is TikTok. That's just, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's ever going to be me. And I just saw yeah. the age group up to 24, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that our viewers are not in that bracket. So, well, I mean, I, th- uh, you know, the last time we spoke, we kind of spoke about the, you know, the different, uh, the different genres uh, of cars. I think, I think you would probably be surprised that. Uh, for TikTok, like a lot of the young, you know, what I call the young bloods, are probably doing the um, the TikTok thing. But I don't know that they're doing it specifically looking for car information or car shows per se, kind yeah. of thing. I think I think they're still going to the um, to YouTube for that. They're still going to um, not so much Facebook, but I, I think if anything, Instagram. They're definitely hitting for that. Yeah, I, I think I, Instagram. I think the average person yeah. or the average. Uh, um, like uh i think the average demographic of like 24 to or well, actually let's go back down, down to like even 18 to 30 i would say yeah. they're multi-genre or multi-platform they're not just on like facebook and that's it you know yeah. they're 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 hitting like all the platforms and their phone has every update from uh, mm-hmm. from each one of those yeah. well i think this was the thing that I said, this was, and I said this back in the late nineties because I was not so much doing the rate. I wasn't touching the radio stuff and I wasn't doing any of the podcasting stuff, but we did have 
blogs where we wrote. Um, I did, obviously we did the stuff that I did from the blog side with aggressive design ended up being what we brought over to HIN yeah, city. You, when you, that used started. To, you used to make me so upset with some of your blogs because I would literally be like, <laughs> I'm to write a thing. Yeah. And, and I had it like kind of framed out in my head and then I'd go to your website and go, damn it. I swear to God, he has that raid thing like stealing my thoughts like right out of my freaking head i'm glad it's not just you though because it happens to me all the time like i'll think of, <laughs> uh, i'll think of an idea and we'll bring it up to somebody and like because this isn't the only business i do obviously i have a lot of other businesses that i that i have my hands in and we'll think of a product and i'll put it out and then all of a sudden it's like two minutes later it's all over the internet somebody's yeah. made it successful or big or something and it's like but it gets I don't know. It gets frustrating, but yeah, I, I think of it like this. I'm like, there's, there's always a different perspective to whatever you do. Yeah. So if I write something about cheese, you'll write about cheddar and you know, it always has a different kind of that article that I wrote about, um, went in a car show, which I love it's probably to this day is probably my most, I'm mil, probably millions of views at this point. Um, but that one right there was the one that I, somebody said, well, nobody can rewrite that. And I said, yeah, you'd be amazed. Like, because each show has different, because if you do a tuner show, you're probably thinking about being clean, but you're probably thinking about throwing a ton of mods at the car. Yeah. Um, while something where it's a concourse, it's a totally different monster. Like you want to be yeah. by your car, a lot of that fame and stuff. It's the word clout. We use a lot, especially when we talk about Instagram, it, it means so many different things to so many different people. You know, yeah, isn't I mean? that interesting? Yeah, it really does. Because I, I think, um, you know, I, I think where that's demonstrated a lot, um, which, which I saw at um, the meet new England show today, uh, the Boston low riders were there. Yeah. And, and man, I'll tell you, first of all, let's talk about a club that has like great representation. Oh and, boy. Mm -hmm. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and some absolutely stunningly prepared cars. Yep. Um, and, uh, and, but, you know, and they're all, you know, each one of them, they have like their, their Instagram on it, uh, you know, to follow where they're going with, you know, what they're doing kind of thing. And, and, and they're very, they seem to be, at least to me, they seem to be very organized in, in what they do and, and, and how they, they do. Well, they do. Uh, they're like just like a motorcycle group, or, or I think, yeah. You know what? That's actually I. I think that's actually a very good uh, um, analogy um, to um, to to literally compare it to because they. Um, well, they brought that comparison to me, like, and not just with really, their group, but the whole because they're not just one group. They're five or six guys. Like, so I, you know, you know what? I'm going to pull it up right now. I got it on my phone here. Uh, coming up very soon, and I always tell Mark because I'm. I think I'm the primary guy that covers this event, but um, Viva East, which will be July, uh, what is it? Uh, the last one for next year, I think it's July 7th, 8th, and 9th. There'll be a link posted. Uh, so Viva East. So um, yeah, this this whole thing right here um, is th they're going to have this big event, Viva East. So if you get a chance to look it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Viva East is one of the big shows out there. And I have, it, they're it, all there. It was actually on the uh, calendar. Nice. Uh, for, <laughs> we, should, we should go. Let's do it. Yeah, right. We should go. That 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 is one definitely to go to. The first time I um I truly encountered the um the 
the awesomeness that is Boston Lowriders. Is I've, I've seen them at different shows, but I didn't really put together like how um, put together that they were what, until I saw them at um, World of Wheels. Yeah, um, you know, and you know they brought some. Um, they brought that pink BMW, um, <laughs> and that that is just like, I mean, fantastic. And um, uh, and then that uh, that like eighties uh, yellow uh, Toyota uh, station wagon uh, mm-hmm. that even has like a matching uh, a remote control car to go with it, kind of thing. And and it's just like it's so like their work is just done so well. And and like I said, there there was actually two BMWs. There was a red one, and then there was a the the pink one, and and just like the 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 fit and finish on each one of those and and then there's another guy who i think is one of the main main guys and he's got that uh that orange honda accord Mm -hmm. that is just every time i see that thing it just blows my mind how like especially the interior the interior is just how long how long have they been around They've been around for a really long time. They really they? have. Um, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I, I, you know, I've only like run into them like maybe like a couple times. They, they don't really come up to New Hampshire that much. They're really more into the like the the mass scene, and yeah. I think they do mm-hmm. a, um, kind of like the the Rhode Island scene as well. Kind of thing. I haven't they... seen them much with the Rhode Island stuff. Really, I've seen them. We did um, we did an exotic rap party um for somebody's McLaren, which was probably one of the coolest raps I've ever seen on a car yeah um well in person that is i've seen some crazy ones but like here it is getting done and everything um but yeah they went to that and so we had literally everything from ferraris and we had they had a really nice i think r32 skyline supras i mean you literally could name every kind of car that was there and they rolled up and it was really cool like yeah well i think I, i think for today's show they had close to 30 members representing it maybe more wow uh, like that's I, the most i've ever heard in one spot it, for them yeah and and it, it they had like an entire aisle both sides you know wow. uh, kind of thing and 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 each car was you know i mean there was a couple that are like you know half done projects kind of thing but they're like but the but you could see the potential of what's coming coming along kind of thing but that that's the that's so that's meet new england's event is now concluded for the year at that last event yeah so today was their trunk or treat event um which was their final event Mm -hmm. a little interesting tidbit uh for me was is that they they did have their their model talent search uh ladies that um finaled uh and or and competed for the whole year and i i i'm not 100 sure i'm guessing what they did is that they had each of them probably choose like the like their favorite photo and then they had a bunch of them printed and you could go and get uh you could get one signed for you know you threw a little bit of money at them and they would sign it for you kind of thing and so i had to do it because uh one of them was my actual photo that i took that i actually gave to them (laughs) and it it wasn't really voting for the model it was voting for your own picture right and it was uh my it was my car and uh and 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 kiki was uh sitting on the hood of it and then uh and then another one was uh, my uh, my other car, which is a Jeep. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, she was sitting in or different different girls sitting in uh, front of that one. So I was like, okay, I think I remember I'm, that picture, but I didn't know that was your Jeep. Yeah, it is. yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my winter uh, and my new semi project kind of thing. That, nice that I acquired. I actually acquired it in February. It's an 06 uh, TJ. 
Well, any, uh, any of those Jeep guys are going to tell you that any kind of Jeep is a project. Oh yeah. And, and <laughs> well, I, and I, and what's funny on the picture, I, I actually named it Winston uh, and it's after Winston, the ogre from uh, time bandits. So, yeah. in time, so in time bandit font, I actually have the name Winston on the hood. Oh, and, that's cool. And uh, what's really funny is that um, there's a, there's a woman who actually has a, uh, Jeep JK that's done in the Skittles. And I think I've told you about this before. Mm-hmm. And, and as it turns out, she's a massive, uh, um, time bandit fan. And mm. to the point that like on her arm, she actually has tattooed the, um, ultimate evil and, um, the Supreme being on both sides of her arm. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And, and she was at meet New England tonight and I walked by and I just walked by and just said, return the map. And she, she just started laughing and nice, you know, kind of thing. But, um, but it was a good turnout. It was a really good turnout. Uh, a lot of cars, they filled up both lots. Um, the line to get in, it literally took me 30 minutes, um, to actually get into the event. So you heard what happened at the, um, the mass cruisers meet, right? I did not. They filled up in like two minutes. It was literally, it started, uh, they opened the doors and I think, I mean, they obviously have everything open anyway, but by, I think they open at four. And by the time they opened, they had filled the first lot. They, they had, I think three overflow lots completely full. Oh, this is um, at the, um, the Bass Pro. Yeah. The one in yeah. Bass Pro. And, um, well, I'll tell you, I've, I've been to that event. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went in 2019. I actually brought my camper down with the, and um my wife drove the vet while i towed the camper and we stayed at um uh campground like right around the corner nice. and and i kind of said i'll go there at like you know my my wife said when does it start and she says well i said it starts at like five and i said but i'm probably gonna go there at like three mm-hmm. and thank god i did yeah you know because i'll tell you that is that is one of those events that even though it's start, it starts at five you better get there pretty early if you want to get a like a good spot and 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 be able to see stuff like as it's coming in kind of thing or or you're going to be walking a long way so from from what you're seeing right now are we at the end of the car show season or is this just kind of like the uh, big ones are cutting out and we're going to get some slack that's you know filling yeah in the i mean i think i think you you're going to see some of the like a, a lot of pop-up meets kind of happening um uh, you know that that's what we're going to start seeing there's there's still a couple of like you know uh, you know, like a few and far between that are like happening. Um, like the late, the later ones kind of thing, but I see um, my toys for tots calendar filling up is what I see. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and I think that's true. Um, but, uh, but, but I think like the, you know, like I said, I think the, the, the pop of events where people are just going to say like, we can't wait till next year. So we'll, we just want to do something uh, kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. um, so you, you know, that's one of those, you know, you stay close to your, your Facebook, your, your Instagram for, to find out about those, uh, yeah, events because they do, they happen spur of the moment and I can't keep track of those on my, on my website. It's just, <laughs> right. it's just impossible. Well, that's it. That's the thing. And that's what I see is from what you've taken on from your responsibility. It's because, and you would say, you know, I don't want to do this nationally. Or I don't want to do something. I, I, I'm amazed that you do it beyond, you know, New Hampshire and Massachusetts because, there's so much stuff that can get lost in this whole thing that it, it, it really is. And, and there's, there's actually like, I kind of took my cue from a guy who's a older gentleman um, who does it and still has kind of like a page. And, and he and I have spoken uh, via um, email a couple of times and, 
and he usually gives me a hard time because like he'll always he'll always find the one event that I have that's inaccurate. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, you know, he'll go onto my website and he'll like find that, well, no, this one's canceled now. And it's like, well, listen, if they don't tell me that it's canceled, I, I don't really know. And, 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 um, and, and that's the thing is like a lot, I would say close to 80% of the car shows that I have on my website, they don't even know I have them on my website. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they, they, because I'm scouring the web, I'm like checking multiple sources kind of thing. Um, and, and even subscribing like, you know, to their Facebook page and, you know, and I'll get like, you know, the, the update that they're, they've scheduled to show, but then getting and waiting through like all of the different like updates on whether or not it's like canceled, you know, or, or that right. kind of thing. It's so hard to wade through, um, you know, throughout the year, especially as like you get busier in the year. Uh, like pre-COVID, I think I had like over 490 confirmed shows in February. Yeah. Right. And then March happened and like it to keep up with the cancellations at that point just became like impossible. Mm-hmm. I literally took the calendar down. Um, yeah. it, it just, and, and then just went to like a, only a list only uh, um, kind of thing. And, and with huge, decline, and I still have disclaimers, you know, you know, just, you know, just due to everything, just, check their main website because i always have links to the main website if i can't you know if, if if i have it you know kind of thing to check for the latest information on well, one of the things that we do because we do the car show um car show uh resolutions that you'd have for the end of the year and one of the things we always say is have your next year planned out ahead of time because there's certain events that you know are going to happen and certain events that you can kind of go hey uh you did this last year can you plan on doing it again and getting people in the habit of putting the stuff down so you can kind of plan your gear out. Uh, and this last two years, it's been super it's difficult to it's get that done. Darn so. near impossible because, yeah. I mean, I on a spur of the moment, I went to the York Grotto show up in Maine because, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was canceled the year before. And uh, um, but they, they did it this year and that was a fantastic show. Um, and uh, but you're absolutely right. You know, like actually being able to keep track of like year to year, especially the last two years. And, and I think we're probably going to go through another year of that, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and, and then I'm hoping like the 2024 season is going to be a little bit more predictable. Well, it's funny because we see a lot of this stuff being, um, there's still, uh, this 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 battle and it's going to be I don't want to say left and right because people will take that wrong but um, right. it's I want to <laughs> say it's still there's a battle that's going on between people who say I want one thing and I want the other and it, and it has nothing to do with part people that whether they've gotten you know punched or not um, it really has to do with it's a fear thing and I think that's one of the yeah. big reasons that a lot of people are not running back to working in shops and and working at dealerships and doing all stuff because it's very we we run businesses that are very human intensive. Uh, and that thing is people, some people are not running back some of for bad reasons, some for really good reasons. So people, I, that, I think, you I know, think like if you wanted to like, kind of like lay that in terms of like the trucking industry. Yeah. You know, like, so the trucking industry, like their biggest problem that they faced is that the majority of the older guys who are like the most uh, prone right you know they didn't they started not you know they basically said i'm retiring now yeah 
And, and of course, the biggest problem with the trucking industry right now is that I don't remember when it happened, but some at some point they made the mandate that if you're 18 years old, you can't go across state lines. So if you're an 18-year-old truck driver, you can't go across huh? state lines. Oh, yeah. It's a true thing. And, and that's why that's the trucking weird. industry is having a really hard time. They, they have like a lot of 18, you know, 18 to 21. They can't cross state lines until they're 21. And, and that's I'm been a trying, I'm like, wait. <laughs> yeah i i mean I, i'm you know i'm that i'm that guy like that you know and you know like it or hate it i'm that guy that actually says well if, if they can die for our country and they can you know and they can right tow, why, yeah. why can't they tow a load across state lines that just mm -hmm. seems silly to me you know kind of thing but um it is what it is and and i think that's part of the problems that we've been facing with uh you know all these ships that are like up uh and and all these uh uh, you know, problems we're having with getting product and that kind of thing. So, yeah, as it's the, we, it's the, when it comes to, especially when it comes to supply, any, any kind of stuff that has to do with the, 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 the industries that we're involved in, it just seems like, I mean, so we have this microchip thing. That's a shortage that was really, I, some of them will say, I, I just call it, I'm going to call it bad planning, even though it, effectively isn't in some well, cases i mean it, you know it's funny um, because like in in my job you know where i work for the you know in the in the defense industry you know there was a lot of pre-planning and on our part or at least an attempt where we started ordering product because we knew it was coming like everybody they right. they like flat out told us you yeah. know plan on it, plan on it mm -hmm. uh type of thing so we, you know we tried to do it kind of thing but i don't think anybody realized it was gonna be as substantive as it was right that's or what I'm is, saying. I yeah. should say, um, you know, it, it, or it was going to be uh, temporary. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's uh, what's amazing to me is like each and like how many industries are being affected by it. Like, like the one that surprised the hell out of me was uh, I was just talking to a gentleman today who, who ordered a boat and he's not going to see it until probably 2024. Jeez. Right. I, I, I like you can order a Lamborghini and you're going to see it four to six months remember yeah. the old remember so think about it this way you just ordered your, your last lamborghini ultima they're not letting not taking orders anymore for lamborghini right and that's going to be they're going to they that car you're going to probably get it before the end of i don't know maybe december maybe sometime into january well i mean it, so it, it's a subjective kind of um comparison I, I, right don't you think because yeah because like it's kind of like uh, Ferrari and Lamborghini are pretty much like the majority of the stuff is handmade, right? Right. For the, for the most part, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, realistically, all they need to get is metal, fiberglass, carbon, fi carbon fiber, and carbon fiber, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. I mean, th th that those are like your your three ingredients that you have to have and epoxy, you know, or so we'll call it four. We'll call it resin, right? Yeah. Right. So you right? get a load of resin came in, some foam blocks, and you're gold. Your gold, right? <laughs> and and they can and they can build a car, you know, right. uh, kind of thing. Where, whereas, um, but I'm sure they're seeing like the same kind of, uh, you know, like issues, especially like in the chip. But, I think the biggest difference that you see in uh, it, the big brands is obviously with Ferrari and Lamborghini. Lamborghini will sell, um, what was it? I think they sold twelve thousand Aventadors, something like that, over the entire yeah. time that's been the ten years. And now it's like if you, you know, Chevy will sell that many and 20,000 
Corvettes in a year. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a totally yeah. different monster. So, and then it comes into Ford trucks. It's no doubt why. You know, okay. you have see you, the supply chain they're drying up. You yeah, know, have you, have you seen that? There, there's actually a um, the International Space Station actually took a picture of um, the Ford parking lot from space, and it, oh, geez. literally you can see all of the Ford F-150s waiting for their mm. uh, ECMs because they because of the supply chain issue with with uh, with I, the word horrifying comes to mind for that right and so then you're thinking to yourself geez i don't know that i want to order a ford f-150 because how long is it going to be sitting out in open air right, <laughs> right? Or, yeah you know uh or with you know, 80 in, pounds of pressure in the tires and yeah yeah, and, <laughs> yeah right and direct sunlight and right. you know like on the same spot of the interior so it, mm-hmm. it's like you know yeah how, it's going to be custom faded you know mm-hmm, right. <laughs> you get it well, before we next, did you see this new chair that I got here? Did you see this this bad boy? Look at that bad boy! Yeah. Like, how come you're not strapped in? I mean, it's this, already got the hole. It's already got the holes for you, so you th- can like strap yourself in and. Right. So this is our the new Downix, um, the Downix chair that we saw, and I said, you know what? It looks a lot like the Lamborghini chairs that I've driven in the past, and I purchased one. I really like it. I'm going to be putting the link uh, if you guys want a chair just like this one, look as cool as we do. Uh, I don't know if you can, it's going to be difficult, but at least you can start with the chair. Um, But, (laughs) but we're going to be putting a link so that if you guys are interested in purchasing one yourself, you can do it there. I I don't know if we'll, for the, um, for the people that are listening to it on the podcast side of it, um, we might have a link. I don't, I didn't see how I do that. I might have to link it back to maybe the YouTube link uh, to make sure, because there's a couple of rules they have about how we share their links out so they can get their own. But, uh, but yeah, that's the thing is, is this thing is really cool. And it's really, you know, I'm going to show while you guys, uh, I'm going to put a hold on our part of it real quick. I'm going to see if I can put a video right here and they guys can check it out. And then we, you and I will be right back. So that's it. The Down X chair uh, is a gaming chair, but it looks, I love the, 
the little diamond stitching that we have on it. Diamond stitching chair, very comfortable. Uh, does have a very good feel of that Lamborghini race seat. Has the, the race seat here. Does have a headrest so I can put behind it and kind of support it. But I don't know, maybe me, I'm, I'm used to sitting in so many Murcielagos and Diablos that I'm kind of used to this kind of hard-edged back. Uh, it does adjust, so it has like a tilting option to it, and also has a reclining option, so you can recline the back or tilt the whole body of the chair back. So I was really happy that this, the armrests will go up and down. Uh, it really seems like it's made for kind of a bigger person, though, so that's why I have it completely up, and I have them real tight on my sides. So they look really good and obviously we can put on the big old cans like so and be ready for a great show coming up and I'm really excited. So I hope you guys are excited too. Check out the link for this. We'll have a link in the description as well as on our shop page uh, so you guys can pick up a chair just like this for yourselves. Love the brown but it does come in a black with red. We might end up getting a black with red stitching too to go with it because that's kind of my favorite interior when it comes to both Ferraris and Lamborghinis. So. No, who knows? We'll see what happens and things. Okay, so I hope they like that chair. But anyway, <laughs> so you guys pick up your own, and magic will happen. This just look at all the great things we do on these shows, huh? Right. <laughs> so, um, one thing that we were talking about before, because we did the last thing with supply lines, right, and supply yep. chains. So we got the. New Range Rover is coming out twenty six. We've got the Lamborghini All uh, Aventador that's going out. We have some microchips for you for uh, for you truck guys out there that are sucking it up. Yep. Um, and then hopefully you guys from the eight the eighteen year olds can actually get some licenses to drive. Right. Uh, is there anything else in the news that really has? I don't think we've missed anything, right? No. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> that was. It was very, very uh, enlightening. <laughs> and that was that was my insight for the uh, uh, um, uh, for, for that. So I'm going to pose a challenge to you right now. I think it was going this kind of this, this part two of the segment here is people sending me messages with smiley faces. So I guess they know what we're doing. Um, so the second section of it, one thing that we ran into a couple of days ago was that there are kind of cars out there that kind of really because one thing we've we've kind of pushed ourselves to if I can walk around this bush enough today was a luxury exotic luxury new is whenever I say luxury people think Mercedes they think Audi they think BMW but I don't think a lot of people think about stuff stuff like the Cadillacs Cadillac has gone more performance wise and I think a lot of the Cadillac guys still kind of fall into that they want to fight that domestic battle yeah and it is and I think that that's like a shift that probably happened. I, I actually say that um, that shift started happening when the North Star V8 first came out. Right. Yeah, that's, a, that's right. It was a CTSV time. That was CT, that? Yeah, CTSV. And then there were, actually, I think it was the, the Cadillac STS was actually, I think. the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, like, the, like the real mm -hmm. one that like um, that I kind of like really wanted. My wife will never allow me to get a Cadillac because she, she claims it's an old man car. Well, here's. Well, they do that to Bentley and I argue about it all the time because it's not. right. But anyway, um, we did a we did an event a couple. Of, I don't know. See, it's going to bug me now. Like three, four months ago. It was an basically like an invite only event. We did let the invites only, but you had to register for the event to make sure the cars that we were getting 
uh, were very selective. And it wasn't just because we were being pompous about it. It was so because it was a curated event. It was a cure. Exactly. It was curated because, <laughs> well, the, then the thing was, is it wasn't something that we just ran. There was right. a group of people that were ba- basically judging what showed up. Yeah. And we had to be very careful about it because some stuff had happened in the past and people had complained about the. We, we kind of let it, the doors open the first time and what ended up happening is these cars showed up and kind of ruined it for everybody by parking in people's you know, businesses, driveways and stuff. Yeah. Um, and the businesses complain. So right. we jokingly said, I said, well, look, let's do what we do best, which is do these exotic things. And uh, and I said, they're, they're not going to complain when they have a Lambo sitting out front because it just drives business to them. And sure enough, funny enough, it worked. Right. So as I was getting the information back, we were talking about these kind of cars that fall in these different categories and the guy looked over and he says uh well i didn't come to the event i didn't even uh, supply my info for it and uh and i said really why and he goes well cadillacs really aren't don't fit into that genre of luxury and i'm like huh like here you have a car that's like i don't know what the power i think you made 535 horsepower on this thing it's a luxury oriented car you know, it's got the wheels, it's got the exhaust, it's got some stuff to it. But I, the those comment was made that I, we thought we were too good for him. And I'm like, I, when did that happen? When did that that separation happen? That well, these cars I mean, don't fit. So, isn't it isn't it true though? For like a little while, um, you know, there was that time period when uh, even a Corvette wasn't considered like like an, an exotic car show worthy. Um, uh, type of uh, type of thing. Whereas, I yeah. think I think nowadays, like you, one could argue that the Corvette is the American exotic, just as much as a Viper. Um, yeah, and I think so. People I think the argue. Viper is more. I think the Viper is more of an exotic than right. than a Corvette. Um, uh, but um, but as far as like a Cadillac, this is. Yeah, go. You finish your thing there, but I got to get back to that Corvette thing because you opened a can of worms. With that <laughs> <laughs> I, I I literally think that I I don't I I almost want to agree with the gentleman that said that his Cadillac might not fit in with a Lamborghini, might not fit in with a uh, um, a Ferrari. Um, I, I mean, if you had a lot of Mercedes like sitting around and maybe a lot of Audis, you know, that type of thing. I mean, yeah. But, you know, but there's the thing, like, where do you draw the line with Audi? Do you, do you only say like an Audi R8 is like worthy of as, as an, as, as an exotic, um, is an Acura NSX an exotic, um, you know, and see, that, that's where I let the, the mid engine concept and that's people argue with me. I don't have a problem with the NSX line. Um, but the problem is this kind of happens at the MR2 line because the MR2 yeah, is right. mid engine. But it's only what is it? Two hundred twenty horsepower. It has the three S GTE engine in it, um, and that's where it's. Oh, well, I mean, like, let's look at that. Like, I mean, there's a can of worms for you. Like, let's yeah. look at that. Like, what? Why does it have to have so much horsepower? Right. Like, well, at the know? time, three hundred horsepower was the number. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, and that's, but that's, we still go back to something like a Lotus. Like, if you get the Lotus Elises today, or yeah. excuse me, when Lotus started making the um elise and they made the exige and those cars the first starting power that they had was 180 horsepower they used the old celica gts motor that yamaha motor so they didn't make a lot of power but they were directed at being rare and they tried to be fast well i think um 
what is what what was the uh you know jeremy clarkson line about the aerial atom and it was like you know that that's yeah um, like poor uh pure uh uh, horsepower per metric ton right oh, okay right so mm-hmm. like you know that that's where you kind of have to like wonder you know because yeah maybe it only makes like 180 horsepower but the thing only weighs what like 1900 pounds right right so the so the thing like you know moves like all get out because it doesn't have any weight to push you know kind mm-hmm. of thing and it has like an amount of torque that's going along with it uh type uh, type of thing so well, here's a good one for you. Let me put this and here ready. I love that, but we're just throwing this is two devils advocates arguing it out. So <laughs> and and it's like neither of them are you're like, wow, they're not wrong. But um, <laughs> that like the factory five eight one eight is eight hundred and eighteen kilograms. Here's right. a car with three hundred horsepower, so it's gonna fall into those old things. It's um I don't know if it's I think it's mid engined or whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, here's a car that really I mean it literally is a street race car. I, right. They they say there's a street version with you know oh it has nice interior and stuff in it. I it's, I don't know. I've sat in one. I really think this car is made to to kill people, just like any of the you know. That's what made the Diablos great. Yeah. Um. Oh, where'd you go? You went gray. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, well, there it goes. Oh, there it goes. It's back. Um. But so there's an example. Here's a car that you go is. Is that a tuner car? It uses a Subaru engine, but it's not a Subaru. It's not a, and and people would kind of lump it into the kit car area. But when it came to doing a show, and I said, "Oh, it's exotic luxury," somebody brought up an eight one eight. I'm I'm letting it in. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it, it, that's also kind of like a rare car because it's a, you know it's a kit car. You know, right. so you could you could argue on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go back to your uh, what can of worms did I open with the uh, with the Corvette? Okay, so here's my thing. <laughs> so, and this is, it's funny, it goes back to my gaming days because I knew people that worked in Rockstar. I worked, um, knew people that worked in different uh, gaming conventions. And one time they, they would do that. They, so when the Mercedes came up, Dub Edition was for Midnight Club was Dub. So the Dub company was involved and suddenly they were now licensed products. So they had to be a lot more careful about how they kind of pitched cars and made them, look a certain way so when it came to the luxury the dub was by the way one of the coolest companies for them to ever hear about working with um i ended up doing a ton of shows with them uh after they ended up making the game and we got some people you know shared some names and stuff and we ended up doing a ton of shows with those guys that just showing up and basically covering their events and it was a lot of fun they're really good people i wish they'd still do stuff today uh because they fall in that certain niche but well, that was the thing is, is they're building this game and they said, we got to be really careful because certain cars fall in certain niches. The Viper ended up being that domestic muscle car, which I thought was really funny. Then they did, you know, the Mercedes, all the Mercedes were luxury, even if it went into the, you know, SLs and, you know, in the yeah, yeah. like CLK 63 black is not exotic. Okay. I'm, I, I won't argue with it, but um, it, it really is the nomenclature. I think it should have been supercar versus whatever. Uh, but they got to the Corvettes, and here's an issue. So is the Corvette a tuner? Because it gets a lot of tuner work. So you could do an engine. You could do the exhaust. You could do all the work to it. You could make a, a car that started off with 300 horsepower and end with thousands of horsepower. Um, and that's the, the perfect example would be one of the fastest cars in the world. I think Lingenfelter and, or the yeah, Cal- excuse me, Callaway. Yeah, but- yeah. Callaway sledgehammer 1988 yep. Corvette. I mean, doesn't get any tuner than that. If you've held the speed record for like 
forever. Um, But the other thing is, they said, well, it is domestic, so it would be a muscle car. But so do certain years make it a muscle car or does the, is, can the Viper be a muscle car now? Then they said, well, how many do they make a year? And we said 20,000 and they said, oh, well, does that make it exotic too? Do we make it multi-platform or we just kind of cinch it into a spot? And they ended up making it a muscle car because of this is the problem with being domestic cars is you end up being I'm domestic. And so there yeah. I'm, a, I'm now I'm a muscle car because yeah. I can muscles kind of fall into that area of being able to be tuned, it, upgraded in, in drag cars, basically. Yeah, but it's, um, it's, yeah. it's funny as the owner of a C4 Corvette. Um, I actually don't have a problem being lumped in with with the muscle car um, nomenclature. Right. Um, I would certainly never say that my C4 Corvette is a is an exotic car by any means. Um, but I would certainly say that it has a certain amount of, uh, respect level that it doesn't get, um, kind of thing based on the technology that came out of that, that platform, uh, at that time, kind of thing, you know, like every, every safety feature that we now take for granted, um, was, you know, came out as standard on, on a C4 Corvette platform, like as it, as it matured, you know, like anti-lock braking was like the first to become like standard on, on even a base model Corvette, um, you know, type of thing. And, um, you know, traction control and, uh, and that type of thing. So, uh, the C4 has always been like, I always call it, it's the bastard stepchild of the Corvette, um, uh, you know, whenever, whenever I've gone to a Corvette show, it's right. like, you can see like all the old guys, old guys going, no, oh, there's the, there's the wedge of cheese pulling in. <laughs> right. The wedge of cheese. That's awesome. <laughs> right. uh, and the worst part is you can't get it out of your head. Once you see it, it's like, once, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it can't be unseen, you know, right. You know, and while um, you're talking, I'm going to be on my phone looking for C4 events. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and what's funny is, is that, um, it, I, I, I don't think going back to your original thing about uh, like Cadillacs and, and what defines an exotic, it, it's, it's kind of, you know, funny because my definition of an exotic has always been that it, you know, it's usually Ferrari, Lamborghini. I, I actually did consider Lotus, you know, in, in that realm. Um, uh, definitely like, a, the, you know, the old Panteras, you know, that was, that was, the, yeah. that was the car that I lusted after as a child. Um, uh, you know, and, and maybe a Jaguar. You, you know what? They're not, I'm going to, cause I, I want to, I want, there's a tangent. I'm going to go off on a little bit after this, but, but see where I'm, but see where I'm going. Yeah. My, my perception is, is that it, an exotic is not a domestic car. Yeah. But there's so here's my question. This is where it comes. Cause you're going to say that, but then this question is going to hit you and you go, me and you right now are there. We're going to put together an exotic car show. It's going to be exotic at luxury. Obviously, we're going to have some other cool cars in there. So I think like uh, Fisker Karma was showed up to the event. So that was really cool. Yep. Um, so somebody would say, well, is it exotic? I'm like, it's a Fisker Karma. It's exotic. I don't care. Right. Um, <laughs> so all of a sudden, Joel Chapel. See, I noticed I got the name right. Yeah. Comes in with his Corvette and he wants to be in the event. And you are the one that has to decide whether he is going to be coming in or not. What do you think? So here's why I think it should be allowed in. 
Ooh, okay. <laughs> if you say nothing else about the Corvette, the reason the Corvette was made domestically was because of the exotic car that was the English uh, right. sports cars that the soldiers started, you know, buying up when uh, at the end of their tenure and, and cleaning right. up like from World War II and that kind of thing. And they started shipping them back. And so and then you saw like a whole bunch of MGBs. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry. But yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> I, mean yeah, I mean, listen, like I have a very good friend who has a, a 71 MG and we always make the joke, you know, as long as it's not raining, it's fine. Right. Yeah. You know? Uh, kind of thing but uh, you always always have your can of wd-30 with your yeah. wd-40 with you right you know to make sure that you can spray it oh, that's and, awesome right <laughs> but but you know but that's the thing it, it's the the corvette literally is a thing because of the ferraris and the and and that's what we want you know we as we wanted our own version of it so if if nothing else a corvette is inspired by the exotics um of of mostly probably the english persuasion but certainly a lot of the also of the italian persuasion right well the thing is is if you're wondering yes there was a vet that was just like yours and it, it did get he didn't make it to the event but he was uh he did get a big old check mark and he, could yeah, bring he, got it in. The, he got the check mark. Right. But the thing is, and this is what I was saying about going back off on the tangent here about, um, because you got to remember too, I didn't come from uh, 2000. This is where things get weird for a lot of people that look back and don't understand what they're talking about or weren't a yeah. lo around long enough to argue. Uh, when we were doing events in the late eighties, early nineties, mine was more around the, I would say I got my traction at 89 really got some running room back i ended up going back um south in 91 and then when i came back i still had a little bit of momentum in the the community so i kind of you know dug in as deep as i could so when we had events you have to remember the number was 300 horsepower so if you had when we were talking about ferraris so it was the um was it 328 i think it was just getting it was still in the dream that by the way people did not were not fans of that car Right. We all still loved our Testarossas. We all still loved our Countaches. Um, when you did events like that, the biggest cars that you saw were like Porsches. So the 911 was still yeah. a very traction-oriented vehicle. So if you think about it, the only brands that we had out there were really Lamborghini, which one, two showed up maybe top. So Lambo, Ferrari, you get a couple of those. Um, then you get your Porsche guys, and all the Porsche guys were all – they were religious yeah. about the Porsches. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So those are the big it is, three. It is a religion. Right. It is. Oh, no. I, when you, I, I, I am not only I'm an owner, but I understand what yeah. cult I'm in and I'm okay with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've come to terms with it. And uh, yeah, if anybody wants to try to rescue me, it just, it won't work. But um, <laughs> it's not like you're in Scientology for crying out loud. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, it's probably Scientology would probably be cheaper, but um, right. <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, that was the thing is, but those are the three brands. So when people said, what was your line? Corvette was not the line like you. Yeah. Corvettes were totally OK. If you had, you know, whatever the big Dodge was at the I time. Have to I, ask the question. Uh, yeah. I have to ask the question. Did you what, did you draw the line on anything like pre 1985? Because 
No, because 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 every Mm -hmm. every Ferrari, uh, you know, you know, there were a lot of Ferraris that were below the 300 horsepower. Just well, that was the only saving grace that they had was that Lamborghini didn't make a lot of cars, so it ended up being Ferrari would kind of take up the slack. But there's especially in New England, in in Virginia, when I was down there, you didn't have this stuff. It would you had to go to D.C. or you had to be in the Maryland area to be involved in any of it. Um, That that stuff. Yeah, those collectors had stuff up there. But when he came up here, it was it really permeated more than people understood. People were collectors. Uh, So, yeah. So it was a different kind of mindset. The funny thing was, is nobody in America was big per se on BMW. Like we hardly ever saw BMW. You hardly ever saw Mercedes. A lot of that import stuff had been locked down in 87. So the the well was kind of dry. Like I didn't see a lot of that stuff. And if I did, I didn't pay attention to it. You know, it's, it's funny because what I used to say, um, in like, especially whenever I was trying to defend the C4 is, you know, a lot, a lot of people used to like go, you know, they, they always go to like the first year of the C4 because there was no 83 for remember there, there, you know, there was no Corvette in 19. I always messed that up. Although actually technically there were, there were, there were actually technically four of them made. Yeah. Um, That being said, they had the misfire. I mean, crossfire uh, motor. motor <laughs> oh my god right? I yeah I, I didn't do i didn't make that statement until we did the last uh callaway video and i we actually referenced it and it was it's still funny yeah it is i mean <laughs> and and you know my my buddies always you know talk about the you know the that that particular motor but that being said that motor at the time uh, i think it put a whopping 220 horsepower that was embarrassing Right. Was it an embarrassment, though, because it was still technically number seven on the fastest car in the world? Yeah, right. But I had an an 83 Trans Am and it was just I I, to this day, I cry because I I, I didn't know what I miss it. You know what I mean? Right. But 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 you have to remember, you you just hit the nail on the head. Even your Trans Am had like like what, 190 horsepower. Oh, yeah, maybe. Right. Um, (laughs) But every car was right. like that. it wasn't exactly it wasn't just the corvette it wasn't just the trans am like yep. every car like i think my ready for this i learned how to drive on a 1985 renault encore that's actually impressive and and i think that thing might have had 92 horsepower <laughs> right yeah like i'm having problems going uphill like can right. you imagine yeah. like the delorean guys are like that we have an exotic car i'm like your car has like 80 horsepower Right, like right. I mean, it's still exotic. Well, but it's eighty horsepower. Well, what's What's funny though is like what there was there was two versions of, of uh, the DMC DeLorean where like one of them was the uh, um, the V six and then the other one was the the four cylinder. Yeah, I, um, I am and, not a DeLorean guy for any. I mean, right. like, I got friends that are restoring them. I want to drive one for one of my shows. Don't know anything about them, and that's how you you find out. You really yeah. go out there and experience it, and you go, okay, well, they said some stuff, but I went out there and did it. So, I, in my trick, and I have to say it, if I get a DeLorean, I'm going 88 miles per hour and see what happens. You have to, but it'll take you a while. But right. it'll, it, you'll you'll it, it not as long a while if you're if you got the V6, but if you got that four cylinder, it's going to take right. a while. So the thing, the other thing. So let's get so get by that. Remember, I was going to that 91 thing. Um, one of the problems that happened was when I want to say 91, 
it happened around the 89 time frame, but I don't think any people got really into it until 91. But soon, uh, 91 hits, and now you have the Mitsubishi Eclipse. You have what's so, thousand G, or, uh, and then the 3000 GT. Yeah, you have the Diamond Star stuff. So yeah, yeah, 3000 yeah. GT, 300 ZX. People forget these cars because they're like, they're all wrapped up in that Fast and Furious Supra. The 300 ZX was a car that literally couldn't be, up, be beaten on the track. If you went to Super GT and you ran an accurate NSX, you were going to win. Yep. They they made rules to try to defeat the car, yep. and they couldn't. Well, that's why the Cor- the Corvette was actually thrown out, uh, and they had to make their own. Right. They had to make their own uh, racing league, you know, you know, or and class. And, well, the ninety one, what is ZR one? So now yep. that's come out. So now you have this thing about. So I'm going to have an exotic event, and you have to remember that not everybody rolled 300 zx's nobody rolled these things and then you hit that i want to say it's the 94 95 zone and now we have the ferrari 355 which is making what 350 horsepower um the diablo you have so the diablos were actually making cars you were we were actually yeah. seeing them they were out there rolling around it wasn't like you know a thousand of them in existence kind of thing um so playing devil's advocate, do you actually call it, call it an exo- exotic car show or do you call it a sports car show? See, and that's where I say this is where the confusion happens because as we moved into the 2000s, we were 94. So let's let's do the measurement by the McLaren F1, which uh-huh. held 200, was it 246 miles per hour was the record it held for, yeah, for I don't know how years. long. Yeah, yeah it held 10, 11 years before... Finally, the 9FF, I think it was, that came out and beat it by like two miles per hour, and then it got beat like a a week later. Yeah, there was a time frame where it was like everything was just like leapfrogging each, you know. Exactly. We didn't didn't beat it for like a long time, and then suddenly like we're seeing like the 900 plus horsepower exotic coming out kind of thing. Well, then I see a post the other day that said, okay, you know, it's 2021. I think that we come to the realization that 300 horsepower is no longer fast. I disagree, and, and I'm going to disagree too. I I just I, I because I think I think 300 horsepower in a uh, you, you put 300 horsepower in a Honda Civic, and let me tell you that thing's going to boom, right? right? You know, well, not just that. Like if you make I mean the idea that a Honda, I don't think it's about horsepower anymore because no. it's become so out there, and that's where I think we we the the wheels came off the the logistics car, and I think that's where we're getting the debates about uh, a it's Corvette. I think it's stock. horsepower per ton. Yeah, but still, it still comes back to the idea of somebody's going to argue and say, "Oh, it's a that Z06 no longer uh, hits the level that it needs to to make the uh, supercar uh, number five hundred five horsepower." Let's be honest, Joel, it's not that powerful, and I'm like. Are you <laughs> stupid? Like, what's You're wrong? out of your freaking mind? Yeah. Are you the same dude that was like, you know, I honed my cylinders and that's why I got all that 20 horsepower out of you it? You know, and, and I hate, I, I hate, <laughs> I hate, like, always constantly being the, that Corvette guy that brings up the Corvette. But, like, I've had yeah. arguments with guys, you know, where they're like, um, uh, one particular gentleman that I work with, he's always talking about, like, the fact, you know, he's like, he had to, he had to get his uh, Grand Sport and yeah right mm-hmm. or, yeah. or or it has to be as and then then there's the other guy that it's like it's got to be a z06 and i'm like mm-hmm. why you know like you know i was very close to actually possibly trading in my c4 for uh, the last of the c7s because mcmulkin who is the number two corvette dealership in in, in the yeah. country mm-hmm. uh 
they were at like in November of 2019, they were selling base model stingrays for $39,000. Wow. And I was like, and my wife was like, we're not getting a car loan for a summer car. And <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I get where you're coming from with that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and I'm like, damn it. You know, um, but, uh, but, you know, that being said, you know, I, I kind of do the, like, you know, you're still getting a close to, I, I think it was 400 horsepower at that point, you know, um, and like even a base model Corvette still puts out some moves and, and can certainly mm -hmm. get, get out of a lot of things way. Um, mm -hmm. But, but I, I definitely, think you know anybody who says that like 300 horsepower isn't that much right um i i think it's i i think it varies per car like you know okay 300 horsepower in a four-door uh you know escalade right. <laughs> it isn't that much I'll, because you're pushing seven thousand pounds right yeah right so it, whereas if you um uh you know you throw like 500 horsepower into that that's still not that much you know you know for that right. for that particular thing and of course it's not geared right either mm -hmm. right you know it's not going to be like you know it's gonna it's not going to do a, like a three second zero to 60 just because it's got 500 horsepower right, right? uh so i think it's subjective um mm -hmm. i i don't think that's a gauge that you can use i and and that kind of goes back to my argument of saying do we call it an exotic or do we call it a sports car well here's here's no oh. And now we're going to go back. You ready? I'm going to more, some more wrenches for your works because we're, we're coming in the last like couple of minutes here for the show. So I want to make sure I get all my wrenches in early. Um, the monkey has jumped out of the I'm going to start. I'm going to start ducking. Like, you, know, we're, right, we're, yeah. like <laughs> you ever seen the movie Dodgeball when he's throwing the wrenches? That's yes, the yeah. exactly. And, right. um, but yeah, that's so now we come to not just the word power. Let's look at price point. So somebody said, OK, I so, don't even I don't even think that now. No. no. Yeah, but that's the thing is, is if you look at it and you say, okay, well, you spent um, for a Countach right now, the Countach that sold for 140, let's say 147,000, 140, 147,000 back in the 80s. Uh, in today, $80, though. In $80 is a value today around 300,000 300, to 330,000, yeah. right? Right. We, somebody just sold a Datsun for 240,000 on, in, that was what like, it was valued at. A, 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 two, a two forty um, uh, ZX, right? Yeah, or, or, right. Mm -hmm. You know, right. for and I think it was even. I think it was even a two plus two. Yeah, right. right. And so not only that, but let's think about that first. So everybody says, you know, I love that joke about you know Chevy V eight because um, you know nobody's gonna do a barn find and be excited about finding an Integra. And I well, one sold for two hundred thousand dollars not long I, ago. You know, I think. I, <laughs> I think every car has an audience. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, I mean, if if nobody's, I'll put it to you this way: if nobody was going to get excited about, like, let's even do the the the, the <laughs> Prius. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you know, that's the yeah. That's the biggest meme that's always floating around. Nobody's right. going to get excited about like a Prius. Yeah. Although, really, I mean, because how many people get excited about seeing a, like a uh, like a 1979 Mark Mark One Rabbit, right? Right. right. I, I kind of like go gushy inside kind of thing because a it's kind of like a little bit of that youth kind of thing. So mm -hmm. I think like well, your old Volvo is never going to get a lot of excitement, Uh unless it's the 
the turbo. Um, they wouldn't know what they were looking at. I'm just yeah, gonna say well, it, like, you know. well, okay, and 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 that's when that's when we had that talk about the generational aspect, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. thing, right. You know, so somebody of our generation is going to get excited about a Volvo 240 uh, um, turbo intercooled yeah. station wagon, right? Uh, you know, uh, and even Jeremy Clarkson gets excited about that. You know, um, it, but you know, it's the same thing. Like people get excited about a Mini, yeah. Well, right. well, I mean, people get excited about Teslas, right? And and I'm it's, like, okay, that's if, if that's your thing, kind well, of. Thing, I, I think I, I think there will be people that will be excited to see. But I'm never calling a Tesla. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not calling a Tesla a supercar. I'll call it a luxury car, which is what I think it is. But I'm yeah. not calling it a supercar. There's going to be versions that, and that they saw one. I think an Audi that was. Um, I mean, the thing looked like it was straight out of Car Wars. And I said, yeah. I am going to, I would buy that car. I don't care if it was electric and I would embrace our new masters wholly. But <laughs> is, that was, is there, is there, in your opinion, a current electric supercar? No. Mm-mm. Not even the BMW? No. Mm-mm. Well, the, really? the I, the I, well, you drive one. Really? So, yeah, and the thing is, is so somebody would ask me, is the Acura NSX, the new one, is that a supercar? And I go, and funny enough, it is more of a supercar than people would realize it is. Like, that's really kind of the the the, the bar that everybody yeah. should reach for. I don't know if NSX actually mastered the bar. I don't think, they, I mean, I'm sure there's some people that argue about that, and I think they have an excellent argument. I would say bang for buck remember so there was the time that you said hey if i bought any car if you're going to buy a car back in from 2009 plus or something it was if you're looking to get the best car bang for the buck it was getting a corvette uh, z06 to zr1 or a nissan gtr that's you're gonna if you you can save money and you're gonna outrun pretty much anybody on the street unless they have something insane yeah so the thing was is somebody look at me and say okay um, I want to beat those those cars. The, the Lexus LFA never did it. With the Acura NSX, I tend to wonder if put at least that technology to the application that it needs to be, and the Acura gets the tech right, yeah, then, yeah, you have a car that's at that next level that takes all those other cars, rolls them up in a little ball, and tosses it behind it and go, you know, um, eat my dust. And, yeah, it really will do it. But then you have stuff like the the what is it the the Porsche 718 or the you know what, what the Porsche Cayman Logic which is the yeah. the mid-engine Porsche which doesn't take into account some of this electrical technology and that's the thing is is these companies aren't jumping on they're getting into the rut of EV and leaving the real tech behind and that's where I was like that I don't feel that there's any I think there's some cool cars out there to the electrical but I don't think that any of them get it right. And that's the thing is, is I'm not saying they never will. I'm just saying yeah, that right, right now. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah. The tech is not where it needs to be to say these guys are into that zone. Are they? Yeah. You get a Tesla. It feels really quick. Zero to 60. But I've gotten in Volkswagen golfs that somebody looks over and goes, wow, that thing really takes off. That's not a, a litmus test. I need numbers. And, and when you look over and you say, oh, that car makes a thousand horsepower because I added up all the electric engines in it. That's not how this works. Right. Yeah. So, I, mean, I agree with you hundred percent on that. And I, and I think, you know, I think like 
you you probably know more than I do based on the sheer volume of different cars that you've driven versus what I've driven. And, and I've driven a lot. Um, but, you know, driving a, uh, 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 like a Honda Prelude, you know, back in the day versus, you know, driving a um, Lotus Elise, <laughs> you know, like, good one, yeah. right. I mean, like the, you know, apples to apples, you know, you, you know, for, um, uh, horsepower ratios, uh, not quite even, but, or, but, um, but not necessarily that far off, but let me tell you, they do drive drastically different and the handling aspect and, and what I always like to call that seat of the pants feel. And I got, I got a better example and you're gonna love it. You ready? I don't know if you've ever driven one, but if you have, you should. Take a Lotus Elise, and I've did I've did this. I actually had them both on the lot at the same time. Uh, it had a seventh gen Toyota Celica GTS, yeah. so it has yeah. the uh, independent everything suspension. Yep. Yep. Um, so it has the 180 horsepower. It has the same engine out of the Elise, and that was. Um, but obviously, the weight's different because it has all the stuff that you know a street car like that would have. Um, it don't drive the automatic cause it's not the same, but the six right, speed, right. which was really nice. So heavy six speed handler that were golden and then compare that to the driving the experience that you get from the elites. Yeah. I, and then I, tell me what, I mean, because the Celica really tried to be the heavier Elise in this equation, but it's front wheel drive. It's not, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. And that dynamic dynamic position that happened with those is really what i'm talking about that where somebody look over and say i love that celica and i still i, I am a smitten for a celica i want to do a race car version of it i want to make one that's rear wheel drive um and i would make one that would be an exotic car when it was done but that's the thing is is I, i'm sorry that elise is just it's a, it's a go-kart and it's made to yeah. do what it does and but you still, like we were saying, you, those cars that say, well, we do this great zero to 60 thing. And I go, where's your top end? Where's your, we, there's a lot more to this thing than throwing numbers at it. And I think that's, people are going to really wake up when it comes to electric cars and realize yeah. those numbers didn't mean everything that they needed to. That's why cars like the RX-7 FD was one of the best handling cars in the world. The right. Cayman was one of the best handling cars in the world. The Porsche right. 944 was one of the best handling cars in the world. Now you have these oh, Audi R8, 100 less horsepower than most of the other cars around it in the V8 trim, 420 yep. horsepower, beating up on cars that had 500, 550, close to 600 horsepower on the track. And it's not about the numbers. It's all about the dynamics to it and what you can do with that power. And right. that has it a lot to do with weight. Science it has a lot to do with design. Is really a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. you know, right. You know, and, and you know, um, uh, geometry of suspension is really a thing. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, just just picking a different kind of suspension setup. So, for instance, when we had the Genesis is out, uh, when the Genesis first came out, they put a McPherson strut system in it. And I think it's funny because we were doing the research on uh, beefing up the um, the for some reason the words escaping me but um so basically the suspension bars in it that hold it in place man that's torsion i hate i hate yeah torsion bar thank you so they had these the, the two bars front and back and i was like wow these things come pretty stiff from the factory from the right. year that we had 
And so there's not a big move up to it, but the way that suspension was set up because it swings like a pendulum in the back and it is real wheel drive. Yep. It's so funny to think you do dynamic work to that. And suddenly it's like, well, that would normally understeer a car. And now I'm pushing yeah. over steering into the turns. <clears throat> What's going on? It's because it's pushing it and pushing the back end out because the back end wants to be loose. Yeah. And yep. if you do the same thing to an RX-7, which is like an FD, you're not going to get that same kind of balance. I mean, say, like with a Ferrari or something like that, you're going to get a totally different kind of suspension load up. But yeah. that's the thing is, is with those, you don't really need to do. Well, that was that was know. the whole thing. Like anybody who like, you know, started to drive like it, when they they got their brand new C7 and then it's, they decided to get their brand new C8. Right. And, yeah. and because, you know, it went from well, like rear engine to, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, well, mid engine to, to front well, end. Ma- imagine going for, and this is my thing, going to that first 2009 uh, and then maybe 2010. So now we go to Z06 into the 2010, now has the traction control set up. It now has the, the independent sus- suspension system in the back the way it needed to be. Uh, still needed a lot to, left a lot to desire when it came to the interior. Um, yeah. but yeah. that's the thing is, is that's you're always still, been the downfall though. <laughs> right. Me, right. So but yeah, now you're driving this car and you're like, wow, man, this thing is, this really will take on cars bigger than it will. And you really yeah. said, somebody's like, what was the difference? And I said, your rear suspension, that was it. It's the only yeah. thing they changed. And it, that meant because it wasn't sitting, it wasn't sitting flat all the time. Yeah. And when it got into the turns, it allowed it to be more dynamic yeah, and that, more that, responsive. And that yeah. changed everything. Yeah. Independent suspension, you know, it's uh, it, it it's a, an amazing thing when it when it's done right. Right. Um. And and that's the key. You know, it, it, there's so many like cars that do have independent suspension, then it's just not done right. Yeah. But which I would argue that sometimes makes that seat of the pants feel, uh, like, and sometimes makes a car feel. I, I would probably use the word dangerous and sometimes that's, <laughs> yeah. and sometimes that's a cool thing uh, while driving a car. You know, well, that's, I think that's a, what I think somebody said, you know, what are we missing on cars today? And you'll, I don't think you'll ever get I, that. I'm feeling dangerous. I agree hundred percent. I think the, yeah. the worst thing that we have done is like adaptive cruise control. Um, uh, I, I think unfortunately uh, my daughter did it where, you know, she might, our, GMC Yukon actually has the adaptive yeah. cruise control on it. And I taught her how to use it. And then she went to a car that didn't have it and she forgot. Oh, you know, she, I mean, thank God. She well, I'll break, I'll break it to you like this. And this is, this is probably the one that I shouldn't go off on the tangent on, but I've never felt at risk in an electric car. <laughs> well, have you driven one? Yeah, I've driven, <laughs> I drove the i3 for BMW. When the first came out, yeah. I drove the one series when they were testing it to be an electric car. Um, I've driven the I eight. I drove Did you feel bored. Uh on which one? Both. Any of them. Uh the I three was painful. Like I've never had a car that I did just want to get out of the seat on. And I hate it's I understand what they were going for, but you, you, the way you let off the gas and the it, you know, the the it loads up and tries to recharge the battery. It just yeah, yeah. seemed like none of the systems did what it wanted to do. Uh, in fact, I, when we drove the, uh, was it the four two or whatever, the, whatever the Mercedes version of the, the smart car or whatever, yeah. when we drove those, that was actually like, I'm like, this thing is crazy. Cool. Like, I don't know yeah. what it is about it, but when you think about somebody 
if you drove one, you would immediately say, why didn't we put a Hayabusa engine in this? So when somebody did that, I was like, that's natural progression. This needs right. to have the fastest engine possible because it's just crazy funny. And then they were like, oh, yeah, this thing's got five-star crash test rating. You're like, oh, my God. Yeah. When I got in the I-3, none of that was there. I didn't have any of that feeling. I didn't have any excitement. I felt very uh, numb. The, the, you know, just uh, I couldn't do it. Too, but too much, Too much safety. Right. But that's the thing is, is the one, the one series electric wasn't that bad. I didn't mind that at all. Like they, it seemed like the right way to go. Um, and like, it's, it, you know, it, it, let's put an example of saying like the SL six, five black, the biggest, no, excuse me, a McLaren SLR. So we drove that car, the number one. And, and at the time we put it against a Porsche. Um, what's the big one? The one that Paul Walker died in. Oh, the nine eighteen. No, it's not the nine eighteen. It was the poor. It's because it's not the Carrera. Is it Carrera? Uh, yeah, I think it was. The yeah, Carrera. Carrera. Right. There we go. If there's so many C names, I lose it. Right, right. Um. So we did that, and somebody said we got done with the McLaren SLR, and I was just like, "What's this car missing?" And the funny thing was, the guy looked over and he goes, "You know, the number one complaint on this car." And I was like, "What's that?" And he goes, "It doesn't feel fast." And I was like, "You're right. Uh, it didn't." Yeah. It didn't feel like a car that could go 200 and it can, it could easily go with the right wheels and everything. It was a 200 mile per hour car. You knew right. it. Right. But when you drove it, you were just like, yeah, this doesn't feel like a car that it didn't, it, there was no risk in it. It just right. felt like it just, no matter how you drive. Now, when you drove the, the Porsche, I felt like I took my life into my own hands. And the crazy yeah. thing was, is now I look back and I see how many people we've lost to this vehicle. People have yeah. died driving it. And I go, wow, okay, that's that's bad. So it really is kind of weighing yourself on that thing of going between the Porsche and the Viper because the Viper was dangerous, but it didn't kill a lot of people versus the, you know, you get, you crash in a Viper. I don't know why it is. Just everybody walks away. They're fine. Well, um, I mean, I mean, it's just built like a tank. I mean, yeah, it, it is a tank. It's not, right. it, I mean, it's not a, it's not a light car by any means. Right. All right. So, so it, it's got a lot of subframe to it to kind of hold you together. Right. So anyway, I want to keep going, but we have to close up for this. We've going for a long time here, and I want to keep these something for the next show because I know you've got some more stuff to talk about. I know those guys out there have some more stuff they want to hear from us. Yeah. So uh, I want to thank everybody out there for tuning in. Again, go over to at New England Auto Shows. I think it's that's your Facebook one, right? Yep. Yeah, web, uh, Instagram, W-E-B-N-E-A-S oh. is the other one. Yep. Um, and yeah, go over to the, uh, the website, website, new England auto shows.com. I did the right one with the S right. Yep. Perfect. That's correct. So, and as always, we're going to be doing our stuff from here. Executive automotive society, IG executive automotive society. Um, basically anywhere that has something on it. That's our thing. We're on Facebook, all that. Uh, we're going to continue to bring you some more content. We're going to continue to bring guys like, uh, Joel back on because, we need more stuff from them guys. Hopefully that's thing is, is my guest for tonight actually canceled. So I'll, um, it literally at the 11th hour. So I want to thank Joel for taking time out of his schedule, uh, to do a late night show. Well, it's with always, me. It is always a pleasure because we do ramble. Oh, I love it. And the thing yeah, is, we, it's always good, good conversation yeah. too. So, yeah. so yeah, so it never can go wrong. So you guys, I know you guys are loving and I know you want more of it. We're going to keep bringing it to you more. We're going to actually be YouTube rumble, a lot of the places that we're going to be adding to the list here, and we're going to make sure that it gets out to you guys. So, uh, I, Joel, do you have any finishing words for tonight? Uh, hey, 
go to a car show. Exactly. Well, if there's any left. So, <laughs> and if not, Hey, me and you, we got to go to that VV East thing. We got to get in the plane. We do. So, yeah, we do. all right, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you real soon. And as always, it's been a great show. We'll talk to you soon. You guys have a great night.